Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Welcome to the Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today for the fourth time is a dear friend of the show, Patrick Miller. Patrick, welcome to the show. Hey, four times. My gosh. Don't you have any pride whatsoever? None. Okay. Uh, and so a uh, little backstory, if you're unaware, uh, Pat and I have become friends. I've been cutting your hair now for about, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Yeah. And when, or before I even started the Spent the Rent Podcast, you and I had talked about maybe us doing a show called two pats in a pod and it never came to fruition because our schedules were just were conflicting and it's a really difficult thing to have a show uh with two people hosting it because we're busy lives and this is a hobby so so we had talked about you know getting together at least quarterly and in, and on the spent the rent podcast we would have spent the rent podcast presents Two Pats in a Pod, and we would do the podcast kind of on my podcast. So. I like that. The only problem, of course, is in the last couple of years, quarterly is like insane, the amount of things that happen in a quarter. I know. It's insane. You, you have to like start everything. Reset. Right. Reset. So uh, you were the last guest I had on my show before COVID hit America. <laughs> and so uh, a few things have changed since then, and we won't have time to talk about all of it. Uh, another little tidbit from behind the scenes uh our eyes are popping so we've decided to do this as an audio only episode because we spent most of the morning mixing my new album you're also uh a very good uh music you know producer and so we are we spent most most of the morning mixing my new album begin again which i'm going to play a song at the end of this episode from the album which is really exciting. So the cool thing about wearing masks when you're doing this is after mixing all day, your ears are bleeding and the mask picks up some of that as well. It soaks up some of the blood. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, I mean, if we are sitting more than six feet from each other, but even though you can't see us, rest assured, we are both wearing double masks. At least, yes. So let's get into it. There's a lot to talk about. Speaking of double masks, COVID regulations and the divisiveness over vaccine mandates have been... Pretty heated, especially on social media. Uh, what's your take on that whole situation? I think it's fairly self-explanatory. The numbers don't lie very often at this point. Um, and I should warn you that I, I, in the last year, I've become extremely pointed, crabby, and really, I don't mince words anymore. I'm at the place now where, first of all, the numbers don't lie. I mean, 96% plus of the people in the hospitals are unvaccinated. Most of the problems we have in Oregon, unvaccinated. I'm kind of at this point now, it's like, hmm, this might just be thinning the herd. I don't know. 
I yeah. don't know. I'm yeah. kind of down with it at it's, this point. It's been interesting to see how little patience people have left. And it's obvious when there's lives being lost. And to me, the most concerning and frustrating thing about this whole thing is how people seem to be more concerned with the vaccine and side effects that could come from a vaccine potentially than they are of the virus that has killed 600 plus thousand people. I think it's an excuse. I I mean, I really think that the, there's very, very, very few good reasons to not be vaccinated using some kind of a medical excuse or something like that. It's all come down to the old, you're not going to make me do anything that I don't want to do. So it's become very politicized. And at this point, there are no good excuses anymore. The numbers pretty much bear that out. So let it. what be. do you say to the people that that their argument is? It's not FDA approved. Now, that, to me, this is ironic because those people are the same people that are like, I don't trust the government. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, ironically for me with the FDA part of it is that the FDA is notoriously bad about how they determine what drugs are healthy for you. I mean, a la marijuana at this point, I mean, which is still a class one drug. So, no, I, the FDA is not my... Uh, measurement for whether something's good for me or not at this point right so i mean i think it's important it's important that you know it is going to reach fda approval shortly and it's important that that there is confidence in it i don't know how to word it it's just it's a mess (laughs) well i I think that the confidence is the number of people that have been vaccinated and the absolute infinitesimal number of people that have had any reaction so you know i went in got my two shots absolutely no reaction i had absolutely nothing happen on the on the backlash and so yeah yeah it's anecdotal there are other people that have had a sick day or something like that but at this point the difference between being on a ventilator and possibly dying it seems like a pretty good risk at this point and you know i mean there is breakthrough cases and that's not to say that that those cases wouldn't have been tremendously worse had it. I mean, a good friend of mine and I'm not going to use their name, but they just got out of the hospital and I'm, I'm excited that this, that, you know, that they're out. It was really scary. And you don't like to think about what could have happened or, or if they're in the hospital, you don't want to think about the worst potential case, but it was really scary and they are double vaccinated and they were on social media. And I had talked to him and I said, Hey, what are you doing? Okay. Do you want to FaceTime? You know, because I'm sure you're bored, you're isolated. And they're like, you know, honestly, I don't think that I have enough energy to be able to use my words. So I have to be on social media because that's the only way that I can communicate. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you know, and they were double vaccinated. They do have comorbidities. Is that what it's called? Comorbidities? I don't know. They do have pre-existing, <laughs> pre-existing uh, issues with health, you know, that yeah. that made it obviously worse dealing with COVID. But the thing is, is that with the vaccine, they were still dealing with COVID. They, the vaccine just, just made it lesser. Yeah, no, know? I think the key is, is that everybody has said from the top down that, that the vaccine doesn't necessarily guarantee you won't get COVID, but you more than likely will not die from COVID. And that's that's the, the big difference. Right. You know, you, you will likely recover. Right. Have a shorter anything that happens with yeah it. and so i don't know so now what do you what is your take on the football games are you going to go i know that the the regulation is that you will have to either show uh, a vaccine passport or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it mm-hmm. or you'll have to show a recent negative test for covid mm-hmm. and 
Uh, so yeah, for the Oregon Duck football games, what, what's your take on that? Do you think that that's enough? I mean, I know that they're, like the Raiders, the Raiders had put out a statement saying that you can either show a vaccine card or you can get shot at the gate. <laughs> well, that, that's, oh, get that, the, get, that, that's been a Raiders thing for yeah, like no, decades they, now. <laughs> they said get the shot at yeah, the gate. Yeah, at the I gate. When yeah. I read that, I literally thought that's what it said. <laughs> No, I think I think that I've got tickets for the Cal game. My whole family's coming in for the Cal game. We're all vaccinated. We'll be outdoors, you know, 99% of the time. Uh, to me, it's just common sense. I mean, the university has made a mandate that says you can't go to school if you don't have a vaccine, you know, if you don't, if you're not vaccinated. And so to have the students who are following those rules be subjected to mallet heads who don't want to get vaccinated doesn't make any sense to me at all. So this this is totally clear logic. It, yeah. it makes total sense to me. I mean, I think it's good. I still personally probably won't be going this season, and I'm kind of burnt out. I'm spoiled. I've been to a lot of, of Duck football games in the last couple of years. I just really haven't enjoyed it. I, I like my couch. You know, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. that's a whole different last season to me should not have happened the football right. season. And I think that that Pac-12 championship shouldn't count. Uh, we lost to the Beavers and Cal in back to back weeks. I mean, it's right. just it was a ridiculous uh, thing to celebrate at the end of the year, you know, and then I, I don't even remember what happened in the bowl game because I just didn't care. You yeah, know? it you should know? have been more. We are survivors instead of we are the champions. Yeah, right. It so it was it was ridiculous. But I am happy that they're playing football and I've got, you know, Friends on the team, uh, being a barber on campus, I've I've got friends on the team that come in get their haircut, and they're really excited to have fans, you know, because it, it totally takes away from the experience, especially in an Oregon Duck football game. I mean, the fans are yeah. are the twelfth man, even though that's Seattle, well, the thirteenth man is the new gigantic screen. Right, I had to laugh. I saw a typo in their news release that had the uh, little quotation marks behind the size incorrect so it, they were announcing their 128 inch giant oh screen you know i thought it was hilarious right so uh you've been on multiple times we talked about how you've been on the show four times for the for the uh, uh two pats in a pod series right but i think you've actually been on the show like eight because you've been on talking about uh we talked about uh impeachment inquiry we've talked yeah. about <laughs> Uh, election stuff, you know, you were pretty oh, we strong. we were in the group. Yeah, you had me on the group. Yeah. The group yells where we yeah, were screaming at yeah. each other. Yeah, it was great. So <laughs> you were very open about your love and admiration for Joe Biden during the campaign, your lust I, after. I, I think you're, <laughs> you're going too far. <laughs> yeah, no. no, no, I, I, yes, I was a Joe Biden supporter for the reasons that I think he's proven at this point, but we'll leave it alone. No, we're not leaving it alone. Oh, we're going to oh, talk okay. about, we're no, go I'm not there. mad. I'm, I'm, no, I, I ain't mad yeah, at yeah. you. Actually, it's just really interesting to see, uh, well, not too interesting to see progressives irritated and, and frustrated. I am a, a progressive. And that being said, it was very quick that people were complaining, like, why hasn't he done anything? And I'm like, it was, it's been 25 minutes, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. But now there's some stuff that there's some serious criticism, obviously, uh, you know, the Southern border kids in cages, that kind of stuff is still a mess. Uh, but the positives, the infrastructure bill, it looks like is really close to being passed. I don't know how much credit goes directly to Biden or how that works or how much credit or blame can go to the president on really anything. I think, I think in the infrastructure thing, he gets a lot of credit because the word 
from the Hill is that he spent a lot of one-on-one time with people like McConnell, literally going and doing what he's very good at, and that's finding ways to find compromise to get things done. So, I mean, that was the main thing I was after. And people have very short memories that we've just inherited this horrendous economy, this horrendous, you know, could have been prevented on some level pandemic and i think they've done an exceptional job of getting us out of that that mess in a ordered common sense way and i think everything unfortunately what's really doing for me is proving how broken congress is i don't think it has anything to do with the president i think it has to do with congress congress take so long to do anything because all they care about is winning the argument and they don't ever get anything done. So no, the infrastructure bill I think is, is, is a feather in the cap. It's something that's greatly needed. The COVID response has been again, measured common sense. And the only thing that's held it up is the mallet heads that have refused to comply and refused to take advantage. The rest of the stuff with the border I, I'm really mixed on the whole border thing. Um, I know there's a lot of problems on the actual, you know, in Texas and places like that. But again, I think that the conversation is probably skewed. Oh, we, yeah. we need people here to pick the crops. Well, it's not you know, just that. It's, 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 that it's, it's humanitarian. And people yeah. treat this situation like, you know, let's make it so uncomfortable for them so they won't want to come here. Right. And then let's go to church on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah. that's a So you were talking about the COVID uh, response, like dealing with the actual uh, virus. Mm-hmm. The COVID relief bill was something that, you know, the second, basically the second stimulus or whatever you want to call it, that mm-hmm. happened pretty quick after Biden got in office. Yep. And I got to be honest, for me personally, being an independent contractor, so the first time, this was, you know, under Trump's watch, but it, right. it, and we'll give credit where credit's due. I mean, they, he did nothing, but regardless, <laughs> they, they, the first stimulus bill saved my ass, like in, in a lot of ways, because as an independent contractor, I wasn't eligible for unemployment. And then when they shut us down, from everything that I've read, it was Ron Wyden that was pushing for that from Oregon. So mm-hmm. that was, that was good. Yep. And then, you know, I was able to get an SBA grant. And in, in the 11th hour, you know, we were back to work and struggling, but then that second COVID relief bill went through. That's actually been after the full year. But what I'm saying is that the government in general, there's been a pretty calculated effort to make sure that there was as many people as possible were getting help. Right. You know, and I actually truly believe that it has worked. It'll be interesting to see the long-term ramifications. I think that the, I'm going to get off the point here a little bit, but the employment situation is going to be interesting because there's a lot of people now that are, are, have seen what it could be like to kind of take a step back and not have to be working their asses off, namely people in restaurants. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, Here's the thing that's interesting. I have a lot of friends that are in business. I'm involved with a lot of different business uh, associations that have been struggling trying to find help during this time. And they're all blaming it on the extra, you know, unemployment benefits, et cetera. Yeah. And so where I am with this is... You know, I think some people are figuring out that, like you said, they don't want to slave for yeah, 12 bucks an hour. But they're like, what's the point? And, and it's absolutely impossible, if you do the math, for a family of four even to pull it off on on minimum wage jobs, even if there's four. You, you're, you're having to find childcare. You're having to deal with the ramifications of being gone all that time. So it's, 
it is it is one of those things where I think a lot of people got a wake up call to wait a minute. I maybe have some options, and you're starting to see a lot of businesses being opened up. You're seeing people go back to school, so it's one of those things where we. But he kind of took a pause. That's and what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. it's been nice. now. Now, and that's what I was kind of leading towards with the longest question I've ever asked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, no, that, I've got. Some, yeah. I know there's longer. Right. You and I've known each other a long no, time. No, but that, the, like, you know, what is really, what can even be said is Biden. Who who gets the credit or the blame for for the economy? Truly, and you know, with this COVID relief, what it's doing or what it's done is it's kind of put a freeze on some of the I don't know the words bubbles or like some of the the holes in our system and I think what it's done is it's maintained a level of kind of stability for people while you know dealing with COVID but it's mm-hmm. going to be really interesting to see how we come out of it because there's obviously already there's already been inflation I mean the the cost of everything has has already gone up yeah, the, the inflation is is a weird ramification, and it, and it happens for a variety of reasons. You can pick different sectors and say, for instance, lumber prices. I've seen that happen myself. Well, there's more factors than just unemployment sure. there. Um, you know, there's all kinds of wildfires and all kinds of other things going, that are going on. You look at the housing market that's gone through the roof. The housing market is almost like the stock market they don't really care what's going on in the world there's there's it's all based on on shortages of housing affordable housing right well, they're not building the houses because they can't get the lumber they can't get you know it goes on and on and on i don't think anybody at this point gets credit for the economy because as you said it hasn't shaken out all the way yet at the same time we are at a place where stability is certainly the word that we can all agree on. And now that it's coming down on a state-by-state basis as far as how businesses open, what the, what the rules are for COVID, those kinds of things, I think fatigue on some level has actually worked in our favor where people are like, okay, I'll put on the damn mask. Okay, if I want to go to dinner, I'll do whatever, whatever, whatever. And common sense is starting to, to, to take place. Um, I just don't have a lot of faith in Washington in general. You right. know, I mean, everything there is all a, a Fox News, CNN debate, and it has very little to do with the day-to-day in most towns at this point. Yeah, and that's true, too. I mean, in the barbershop, it's one of the last places that politics will be discussed, but I really try to focus on local stuff as mm-hmm. much as possible because, for one, a lot of people don't know about it, so there's a lot of information that you can actually – I know – I mean, I'm learning from this podcast, really – but I still know that I know very little and I have a lot to learn. That's obvious. But that being said, I've learned a ton and there's things that, that I can help kind of, uh, you know, explain to people like for the fact that local politicians don't get paid, like, yeah. you know, yeah, like, and le- them, I mean, yeah. County commissioner does and jobs not that much. are, I mean, no, it's county not commissions like what? 35,000. I'm not sure like the exact amount. It's a lot of work, for but the mayor of Springfield, the mayor of, I mean, I think the mayor of Eugene gets a, a, a stipend a little bigger, mm-hmm. obviously than Springfield because of the size of the town, but it's like written into the charter of Springfield not to pay them. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, to completely changing gears for a minute, but, uh, the mayor of Cresswell just resigned right. after proud boys basically went to, to her house and were protesting. Right. And I want to make this clear. If you go back and you listen to the tapes, good friend of mine, Isaiah Wagner, he's been on the show multiple times. He went on, he went to the mayor, Christine Lundberg at the time in Springfield. He went to her house mm-hmm. and I complained about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when he came on the show, I said, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. So this isn't about me being one-sided. Right. You know, it's like when you right. go to someone's house, that's not being paid that's volunteering to serve your your local community, you're an asshole. 
Like there's no there's no yeah. two ways about it. Yeah, I as I've gotten older and I'm now 67 and a half, I guess officially at this point. I have gotten very frustrated with the whiners on either side. I want to hear solutions. If you want to whine, you have to give care- me a solution. I want to be careful though about making the false equivalents. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is is that the there's just when it comes to local government, there's a lot that we can we can value the people doing it. Uh, I'm talking about the actual people that step up. So you're yeah, right. The people yeah. that don't, the people that complain. I think that there is a point where protest is effective. I I'm, I don't want to get off the point, but it's just it's really slippery when we start making false equivalences. The the proud boys versus you know whoever else because people that are fighting. I mean, it, it depends on what they're doing. Yeah, this is where I'm going to get some flack from a few people. So I'm not going to give you my home address. But (laughs) I'm at the place now where the revolution, quote unquote, that's happening from the Proud Boys, Promise Keepers and Antifa, the hardcore fringe Antifa that are blowing up, burning businesses, decimating you know, a sure. whole city. And that's not what we're talking about when it comes well, to Well, I guess what I'm saying, locally, the, neither one of those people are offering suggestions. They're only burning stuff up. Right. And so that's where my frustration is. And what they do is they alienate the middle, which is where the real power is, because that's where compromise happens and that's where solutions come from. So all of the greatest leaders, really all of the greatest leaders, with no exception, have learned how to work with others, period. And right. that's that's absolutely important you know, important. Yeah. I don't even know where the question was. This is we're just kinda <laughs> we're just kinda going. I don't know how many gears you have, but I I am your sprocket's starting to heat up. Yeah, it's yeah. it's been a long day. Uh <laughs> no, uh Yeah, I mean I don't even know where we were at. We were talking about COVID relief with Biden and then got sidetracked talking about local government. Uh I'm gonna play a quick commercial spot. Uh, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Af- Afghanistan. So, that, oh so that, should be, that should be really fun. Okay. The Spent the Rent podcast is sponsored by Oregon Cashflow Pro, featuring Wealthcare Wednesdays, the live stream, a Q&A on all things finance. Go to OregonCashflowPro.com to find out more. More wealth, less debt, fast at Oregon Cashflow Pro. So uh, Afghanistan. So now, now must we? Yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, yeah. Where do you even start? You know, it's interesting how six months ago, eight months, ten months ago, everybody, everyone was like, "We we need to get out of there. We need to get out of there." Yep. Trump had talked about leaving, and even I, I was kind of like, "How's this going to go?" So I think it's a lose lose, no matter who the president is. Absolutely. I mean, there's no question that it's going to look bad. Did. Do you think that Biden handled it the way that he should have? I don't think anybody anticipated that everybody was waiting in the wings and it went as quickly as it went, but the outcome was absolutely positively going to happen. It didn't matter. So I'm going to go again on the record as being that guy. And I'm going to say that I am so against those kinds of, of situations where we trying to go in to convert someone to our way of life, in essence, but we convert them by occupation and decimation <laughs> in many respects. It never works. I'm a child of Vietnam. I've, you know, we, we watched it happen in Vietnam. We watched it happen in Iraq to a degree. We watched it happen in myriad other places over the last 40, 50 years. It just doesn't work. And the thing that gets your attention is if you look at the cost spent on mil- on the military 
side of things there, $2.6 trillion. Now, if that had been put into healthcare, any, well, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I'm just saying, if you're just saying yeah. in Afghanistan, sure. if you had actually gone in to help the infrastructure, help people become viable there, it takes away any of the, the legacy of the Taliban because th the reason people convert is because they, they're on a last-ditch effort and these people are giving them an opportunity. It's not unlike what happened in, in Germany before World War II. So we're in a situation where if we continue to use military as a way to change the world, I think we're, we're down the road the wrong way. Vietnam, I mean, by comparison, even in today's dollars, Vietnam, the entire incursion was 1.6 trillion so that's using today's dollars so you know you're looking at these things and they're destined to fail when you invade a country and and basically inhabit their country you know by occupation their people are going to be upset right. <laughs> and so this is i mean the middle east is even worse you've got 700 years of craziness there but when you go in and, and, and think that you're going to just convert people over and everybody's going to follow suit and pretty soon they're going to have democratic elections and that's going to fix everything, it doesn't work that way. Well, no, especially when the viewpoint is, is that, you know, it's such a different world that we live yes. in. I mean, different faith, different, I mean, primary faith. Obviously, there's people, America's not a, supposed to not be a religious country. I mean, it's a freedom of religion mm -hmm. place. But Western civilization as, as a whole, you know, basically the melting pot, <laughs> that's what it comes down to, is that right. the facts that you can have different faiths. Right. But, you know, I mean, seeing people jump from planes shows that they're not supporting the Taliban. No, you and I, I think that you're in a situation where, again, unfortunately, when you're occupying a, a country for almost 20 years now, I think it's been. Yeah. And all these people are helping us. They're all, they're all on our side trying to get this done. And their names and faces are very obvious. Well, when that thing implodes, it's absolutely no different than Saigon. It's no different than, you know, there's innumerable places where this has happened. And without getting too booish about it, it's interesting to me that while we're very, very concerned about Afghanistan, it mostly has to do with the resources because in Africa, there are at least five major incursions that have happened on our watch, quote unquote, that we were not involved with where millions of people were not only displaced, but, but annihilated. And we didn't do anything. We didn't say or do anything. So it's, it's hard for me to get too jacked up <laughs> right like the criticism thing. is because it depends on who the president is because we live in this duality yeah, where you have yeah, yeah. so to whoever whatever side it is we use it for their narrative currently it's it's hilarious to me how people like these poor people like fox news audience they're saying these poor people in afghanistan who helped us that yeah. if they come here they are not welcome yeah like at the same time, like you yeah. cannot have it both ways. Yeah, no, then no. Like, there they, are actually states right now that are trying to pass legislation to take to not these, allow the refugees well, to some, come. Some people are saying no, and some people are saying yes. But the bottom line is, until we flatten the world out and stop doing this, this you know, isolationism that that became again kind of rampant during the Trump years, we have to realize that China pretty much owns us at this point well and, and there's and, some belief that china has a lot it might be 
what's backing the Taliban. You it, know? it could be, but the bottom line is that they look at it the same way we look at it. They just happen to be better at it. They became trading partners. They kept the, the everything open on that level. Right. Anyway, I, trading I guess, trading lithium and heroin. Well, <laughs> is, is, is what's in Afghanistan. No, they actually have a ton of natural resources. Yeah. They have tons and tons of natural resources. You got to follow the money and, and yeah. understand why we would even be interested in being there. Like you were talking about uh, in Africa and different places, there's tons of resources. But the, uh, you were talking about how it seems like people get choosy on which conflicts actually bother them. Very Some of them they so. don't care about. Yeah. And it's funny because I've heard – I've heard people say, you know, comments as much as just like, why don't we just pull the troops out and turn that whole place to glass anyways? You know, civilians or not. Yeah. So people now, and I mean, I don't know. I mean, my family was attacking me because I had made a joke uh, that was basically a meme. And my defense mechanism is, is to have a dark sense of humor. But it was a meme that had, it said July 2021, and it had the embassy in Afghanistan. It had like the military troops and whatnot around it. Mm. And then it had it. Uh, August 2021, and it was a uh, uh, spirit Halloween store. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And I was like, I was yeah. like, oh, that's right, Halloween's around the corner. Yeah, there you go. And a couple of my my relatives were like, you know, oh, this is offensive. And I'm like, Jay Leno would have made this joke. Do yeah. you not understand yeah, that? Yeah. That this is yeah. literally a Tonight Show joke. Yeah. Like it's not even. It, the reason it's funny is because it's terrible. Well, like, I, I thought point. the cartoon you're going to talk about is the political cartoon that showed people getting into the plane off of a tarmac in Afghanistan and people getting into a plane off the tarmac in Saigon. I mean, it's it's exactly oh, yeah, the, they're same the same situation. thing. Yeah, yeah that was a really horrible sight, regardless. Yes. of the jokes and all that stuff. Like I like I said, it's a defense mechanism, but I am a human being. I'm not a monster, contrary to belief. And seeing people fall from the plane, yeah. I think they said seven people officially yeah. that had died that moment, basically. Well, to put it, I, I guess where I am at this point is I would have liked to have seen a longer drawdown to where we perhaps gave them till the end of the year. We made our, our, our options clear. We started pulling people out, but we stayed, you know, tough enough to hang in there while we were doing it in an orderly fashion. Yeah, just, the question is how many Afghanistans would have tried and how to would, And to how go? would we know? I mean, yeah. there's, there's two comparisons to, to pulling out right or wrong. You never know until it's done, mm -hmm. right? And right. there's two comparisons. What we saw last summer with the fires, that mm -hmm. when, when there was wind and if the city or whoever makes the decision doesn't turn off the power, mm -hmm. then, you know what I mean? Then you see the situation where if they do turn off the power, people are like, why'd you turn off my power? You know, you know, but if they right. don't, then there's a fire and they're like, you know, why didn't you do this? If you do the right thing, sometimes you people won't know. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you should do, you know, the wrong thing sometimes so that they see. There's another example is COVID. You yeah. know, it's like for a lot of people, they get vaccinated and they're like, this was unnecessary. I mean, at this point, I think that we're starting to see too big of numbers that it's too hard to deny. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what you you know? think? I mean, and I mean, I read something the other day that said that someone was like, uh, made a post that said, you do realize that there's people dying in the hallways at, at uh, hospitals. And mm -hmm. they're like, show me a source. And it no, was like seven, yeah. eight hours later that someone from Roseburg was, it was reported on all the yeah. news outlets that yeah, they yeah. had died locally. They were talking Texas and, and Florida at that point. Right. And it's happening here. No, and that's here, one person here. and it's going to be a hundred people. And the thing in Oregon that's interesting is, again, if you go and look at county by county, it really 
again, it's just a red flag. Yeah. It's there's counties, you know, Grants Pass, Eastern Oregon, places like that that have less than forty percent vaccinations, and they represent something like eighty-seven percent right. of the cases. But yeah, those in are Oregon. two different issues. But yeah, the fact of the matter is, when it comes to uh, certain decisions that you make, when you make the decisions, you might not when the right decision made sometimes is harder to quantify. Because, you know, it's harder to understand because it actually was effective. Yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing. Bush got us there. Obama kept us there. Trump capitulated with the Taliban, basically. That was his big victory is he had this whole, you know, everything is going to go great. We have this, this peace accord with the Taliban, which... Who knows what really happened there? Do you there? think it's I possible? Don't know. Do you think it's possible no, that the Taliban is different? No, I, no? Don't, I don't believe. Well, no, I take it back. If they're a big enough organization that realizes how much money is is get, can right. be made with the right kinds of moves, they're not going to make money now blowing stuff up. No, but they've made some comments about, and I mean, a lot of, for one thing, a lot of the higher ups have been killed. Have been mm-hmm. have been taken out because they needed to be. But that being said, I don't, and I'm not an expert on this by any means. But from what I'm seeing, when I watch coverage of it, especially mm-hmm. the first days of it hitting mainstream media, right, mm-hmm. where people that are not experts on it are starting to talk about it, starting to learn about it. Mm-hmm. My first reaction is, is like, whoa, I'm gonna slow my roll. Once I see Frontline, then I'll know. <laughs> no, yeah, but like, well, you know, I need to slow down before I make a strong opinion one way or the other because I don't know anything about this. You know, actually, Frontline has a three-part series, so go look at I'm it. I'm sure. <laughs> no, but but I'm just saying they do such a thorough job because yeah. if you can wait just as an average citizen for more information, it's so much – it's so beneficial. But there seems to be this kind of coverage of optimism that maybe, 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 maybe this is the, the kind new Taliban. I'm not saying well, it is. It's, it's kinder. Yeah. I, I mean, think that's that's a given because they're actually allowing people out. Yeah. I mean, so allowing, it's, it's kinder. You know, I'm not. I'm just saying that there is an optimism. That's all. Don't yeah. don't at me. No, I'm. Uh, so you had mentioned uh, <laughs> Trump. Uh, y- yeah, you had uh, mentioned. Boy, have I missed that? You had mentioned <laughs> Trump. Uh, Communicating with the Taliban and whatnot, having them at uh, Mar-a-Lago or whatever the hell they did. But uh, <laughs> I want to ask one Trump question before we get out of here and I play one of my tracks. Why hasn't Trump been reinstated? <laughs> they, 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 I think, the, the QAnon people seem to have a problem with calendars in general. Yeah, August 18th, he was supposed to be reinstated. Uh, well, and I'm he was pretty, also supposed to take it over in December. I'm pretty so. disappointed, yeah, to be honest with tell you. you are. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I think that we're we're in an age of sincere crack brain disinformation, and the dark side of the web is really dark in regards to how information is shared and created and you know spread. And Just it, how things work. Yeah, period. Yeah, like yeah. like okay. So the fact of the matter is, even if you know Biden resigned which is insanity like this we're talking still about the election that's over yeah there's things in the constitution trump is done like the, he yeah, has yeah, to run no, again you, no. he would not be who would go back in if they decided that the election was a fraud which has already been exhausted by numerous yeah. federal courts yeah yeah it's in it's insane. i'm 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 patient i think that maybe Donnie didn't decide to take the August bid because he had his hands full with Southern District of New York. But in that's, Scotland. That's just me. Yeah, yeah, he's probably in Scotland golfing. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. He's actually we talked about it last week that he is under investigation for fraud in Scotland. In Scotland, yeah. Well and it's it the, the the list 
is long and and the thing is about justice is it does work slowly i guess but it does work so i did want to end it on that but i do think that it's good we should talk about cuomo you know, because oh, because oh, this just go. to show that well, you're that, you're really bringing up all the hits here. Well, this you know, just good. to show that we we're not just that. full of shit, and that we yeah. aren't just. I mean, I'm I'm a progressive, and you're more whatever the hell you are, moderate. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm a lowercase progressive, right? So <laughs> so uh, pragmatic yeah, progressive, yeah. So Cuomo, <laughs> I I had said early on, and I actually really whether it was a bullshit excuse or not. I think him making the statement, even though his apology was was half-assed, him making the statement, look, this is going to cost a lot of money for these investigations. I could fight it. I think it was political. This is his words, you yeah. know, uh, that he's like, but I'm going to step down because I think it's what's best for the country. I'm like, well, you got that last part right. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, at least he did the right thing and, and stepped down. But what is your take on it? I mean, what early on in the process, were you like – Let's wait this out. Or were you kind of ready? You're like, okay, I, I think he needs to go. You know, I have friends back there. Um, and this stuff was floating around for quite a while before it became really public. And as the father of daughters, I tend to believe those that are, are bringing charges. I, I just do. Sure. I, and so... I think that in this day and age, even in Me Too, where everything is suddenly, it's okay to do whatever, you know, as a woman, you've got power, by golly. No, I don't think so. I think when you have a, a government job and you've worked hard to reach a certain place, that the last thing you want to do is blow that up. And so I think that... You mean like, okay, let me clarify. So, yeah. uh, first of all, what do you mean by do whatever? Who are you referring to? Like the girl, the people that they act, they were making the accusations. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then, yeah. and then, yeah, you don't want to sacrifice losing that. Cause I mean, the reason people didn't come forward was because they were afraid of his, his, his wrath, power and his losing wrath, job. Yeah. The way no. that he would come after people. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so until it got to a point where, uh, you know, people had confidence that there was actually maybe something going to be done about it yeah. for one. I don't know. I mean, it was pretty clear. In his apology, I don't know. There's a lot of similarities between... Well, the trigger for me was when his assistant, who was kind of... Oh, uh, what's what's uh, Jeffrey Epstein's woman? Ghislaine? Yeah, Maxwell? yeah. Maxwell? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So his version of Ghislaine was his... his was maybe chief of staff or something. I can't remember her exact position. But apparently she was the one that was doing all the bullying. She would be the one that kept... The, the girls in charge. And yeah. when she resigned, because all this stuff came out, it was like, and we're done. Yeah. Thanks for it. Did much. you hear Chris Cuomo's statement on it? This is what he said. I was afraid to listen to Chris. This is what he said. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, no. Uh, that's you, you, you have to go in at a longer not watching pause video. there. <laughs> you're not watching video. That's the thing. Uh, he, he said very little. There yeah. is, I don't know. Yeah. I felt, I actually, I like, Chris Cuomo a lot, and and I felt I felt for him because covering that is impossible. Yeah, I think I think the uh, the mea culpa even from Chris was kind of lame, in that he said, "Well, I told my brother that he had to resign when the time was right," and it's like, after, and after when was the time right? Yeah, after there, after buddy. it happened, yeah. yeah well, yeah. Patrick Miller, two pats in a pod. I, I appreciate you, and and more than this episode that we just kind of rushed together with like five minutes of notes. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank you for helping me mix my album. My new sure. album, Patty Rose, Begin Again, is coming out, and I'm making an official statement right now 
the release date on Spotify and Apple Music and all that good stuff will be September 9th, Thursday, September 9th. Mm. Uh, so that is really exciting. And I'll definitely be posting on social media and stuff when it launches. There may be some little little crumbs. I might be able to drop it early on my website. But that's <laughs> when it's going to hit streaming sites. So Pat and I spent uh, the better half of today, basically from 9 a.m. until what? It, what is it? I don't, five, know, I don't know what kind of a half a day you call it, but I call it eyes blurry, yeah. ears bleeding. And yeah, we mixed nine, of, nine tracks, and, and, and some of them needed some bass guitar. So, so, so Pat, you jumped on the bass guitar, and I just I want to thank you so much. Uh, you've helped me mix. I think this is the third or fourth project that you've been on where you've helped mix it and add some, some backing tracks, and I really appreciate it. In the past, what I did was, was hip-hop, was punk rock inspired hip hop where it was actually hip hop music, but it kind of had a punk rock feel this time around. I feel like what I'm doing is a little bit of hip hop inspired pop punk. So I'm finally doing what I've always wanted to do where it's kind of more me with this project. The very fact that you can say hip inspired pop punk quickly tells me you still have some, right. Some raps. I went a little light on the verses this time, uh, but I did get some great features from gradient, AKA or Thomas Huda, AKA gradient. Mm -hmm. And then Jeremy dirtball Cummings, uh, and core one, uh, good friend of mine. So there's some, and Oh, Joey helpish. There's, yeah, and then, say, and Joey, then all, yeah. like always the master Roger, Roger McConnell on guitar and then some bass. Roger is just a wizard on the ax. So I'll be, uh, totally agree with that. I don't know where you are, Roger, but I, I hope you're, I hope you, you have a band or something. You're very talented. Yeah. He's an, ama yeah. he's an amazing musician. Yeah. So I'll be, uh, doing an episode where I'm going to talk about the songs, uh, probably when I get back from my trip to Ireland. September 11th, I'll be flying to Ireland. I'm flying on September 11th, 20 years after 9-11. So That's brave. It is brave. And so, hey, thanks a lot, Pat, for doing this. And uh, we're going to end this with a song. This is from the, the upcoming album by me, Patty Rose, called Begin Again. The song is called Conflicting Sides. We are broken.
Conflicting sides.